I'm going to just start it and then figure this out later. Yeah, because you can edit it. Editing like, is, start. Yeah, editing okay. is great. And I also, like, have changed how I've done podcasts where I used to, like, have an introduction and everything, and now I'm way too lazy. And I'm just like, introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm like, you do it. <laughs> I know, I remember last time you were like, okay, you're going to have to say your name. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was okay. it, it like hurt me one time. Actually, it hurt me a few times because I'm terrible. Because at one point I had so many people that I was like going to interview like in a short amount of time where I would like text them and we'd meet up and then it would work out. But I forgot almost every single one of their names. And so I would get to the interview and I'd be like, fuck, like, I don't know what your name is. <laughs> And I couldn't, and I would be recording, and I'd be like, oh. and that's when I started asking people to introduce themselves. <laughs> it's because I would just forget. There's just so many people that I like, I'm a bad host because I didn't put in as much time as I should have. Wow. I would have done the same yeah. thing. I would be like, so we're going to introduce ourselves, and then they say their names. I'm like, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> got it. I, I got it I, now. I still do that with people. I still do that with people. When people are like, aren't you going to introduce me? I'm like, I think you should introduce yourself. And then they <laughs> do it. And then I'm like, you're going to offend someone. But they're like, what, what's your name again? And it's like, yeah. am I not important enough for you to remember my name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. That happened to me last night at dinner um, with like, all these French people. Like, they could not remember my name. Like, two of them I'd met before, granted, like, two years ago. Yeah. But – they they were full on like oh I don't remember you like <laughs> and I was like well that's fine but me I'm like I remember like the whole conversation I had with you and like your names and like everything about you but I think it's just maybe that's just me and my weird how do you feel though when memory, you don't remember like, your name I can what how, how did that make you feel though oh um I mean they were obviously just like in their own heads you know like it was one of those things where it was like. I'm not really important enough for you to remember me and like for me to like stick into your into your brain. I'm just this person that you're meeting like one time for dinner and then you're not really going to ever have to see me again. So also like on top of that, it's so different because you were in their country, like everything kind of sticks at a different level for you here. And for then you were just somebody that they like passed along. You weren't, weren't their core friend group. Yeah, and then you just met them, so it's just like okay, like you know they're they they know they're not in your life. Yeah, well for you you're just like oh, for me yeah, this I was thing. like soaking up everything. It was like yeah. my first French party, my first time being around French people. Like it was just all <laughs> like culture shock. So yeah, it's stuff. Oh yeah, true. As opposed to them, it was yeah, very. <laughs> it was a fleeting moment. Wait. Well, well. Yeah. Go ahead. No, wait, you went to a French party last night? I mean, not last night, but you went to French last night I went. Last night I went to French dinner, yeah. So was not a party. Not COVID. What? She meant last time. Like I meant two like years two ago. Years ago oh, when okay, I, okay. So, like, okay. so, like, last night, yeah, there were two people there who I'd met two years ago who didn't remember me. But I remembered them. Right? And then there were these uh, this other couple who I was meeting last night for the first time, who, yeah, did ask me a couple of times. And even those people who I'd met previously were like, what was your name again? <laughs> it's like, that's so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about them. Yeah. Okay, so, like, introduce yourself. <laughs> I, know, I guess I should say my name. No, oh, by the way, like, not, we don't care about them. as like, we don't care about the story, but, like, they don't remember you, so we don't care about them kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. True. <laughs> Are we gonna choose ourselves? Um, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't you introduce us though? Because you're like, we're right here. We're <laughs> you actually do know us. I do. Yeah, yeah. You know that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I can do it. Well. <laughs> so, how, how, how are we gonna do this? And 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 what what are we gonna touch on? Well, Sam and Alejandro here, <laughs> but I so like in the intro, like introducing, just like the fact that the first podcast I had ever recorded was with you guys, and uh, again, like was super interesting because at the time, like Sam, you and I would sit down and I was like, I don't know what to do, and we we're just kind of figuring it out, and then 
you know, I needed a, an excuse to meet new people after the summer. Very smooth. Yeah, and very smooth. It was, it's honestly turned out to be the easiest way to meet people and like the best way work? for me. Did oh, you become friends with them? Yeah, it has. I have, from the podcast, I am like, I'm friends with two people. I'm still in touch and like meet up with a few here and there. And then like, I'm cordial with others. So it's actually like really <laughs> did its job. Yeah. That's, that's really but, interesting because like, I remember one of the questions you asked us was, what's a good way to meet friends in Paris? And yeah. we said our own stuff and no one would have thought of a podcast. Now I can be like, you know how many times you start your own podcast? <laughs> it's it's really interesting because it's like people this is terrible but people do like to talk about themselves and so so you'll get like two sets of people one who's like are actually really passionate about their business or what they like and so they want to talk about themselves because of that mm-hmm. and that's like that's where I kind of mold mm-hmm. more with and those are the people I've more so had on but I've like I've talked with people with the intention of interviewing them who are on the other spectrum where they're a little more narcissistic as opposed to like just passionate and I don't gel with them and so that doesn't usually work out anyways mm. yeah, we're on that narcissistic side <laughs> that is exactly why but the, the whole intention of the pod of this talking is like the fact that the and the first time I did it we were talking with the knowledge that you guys were leaving like you had two weeks two, three weeks left in the country and you'd been here for a year or two years and you guys were kind of just ending your time in Paris and like reflecting on your time and what you loved and what you didn't love and, and what you'd bring back and what you were scared of. And, and now we're a year later where you guys have had a year to reflect on what you liked and what you didn't like and what you want the future to be like. And now I'm the one that's, um, leaving <laughs> like now I'm the one that is likely unless my visa does something crazy where I can stay longer like leaving in a few months and so I'm in the position that you guys were in last time yeah so who are you guys <laughs> wait so who are you guys oh yeah so well you introduced Sam already I said Sam oh, and Alejandra oh, but yeah, you, you did introduce okay. yourselves oh no is that what you wanted me to do when you asked me who it's just because like there's two people here so it's it's mm. helpful if they know who's who okay cool and also why we're together oh, okay yeah. who, who do you want to uh, thought here's your thought either one go for it i just have to close the window alejandra please after you okay okay i'll go first we'll go in alphabetical alphabetical <laughs> there you go um yeah so uh, what do you want to say oh my god who are you what's happened to your life since you left paris a year ago yeah so okay my name is alejandra um i've done like honestly it feels like um three years worth of jobs since i've been home uh the first thing that I did that I really loved was I I did like event coordination for a college football bowl game back home which I sounds crazy but because I otherwise didn't have big interest in sports but it was like the best job I've had and it gave me the connection to uh, actually end up coming back here to Paris which I didn't think I was gonna be able to do who knows the next time because we haven't mentioned it yet, but COVID um, on this, on this, like in this conversation, but things have been crazy. Otherwise, when would I have been able to come back to this country, you know, like just to visit um, without like a specific visa or anything like that. So um, yeah, so I'm here right now uh, because I just finished working the French open. So I worked with the tennis channel um doing like production side of things so i was here for three weeks for that and then ended up just staying for an extra week for vacation so that's what i got going on right now i don't know what i'm gonna do when i get back home so don't ask me that question okay <laughs> Fair enough. can i just ask like did you meet any tennis players um no i never did we had a couple of people on set that they were interviewing like um 
Sebastian Corda, who I think is, like, so cute and precious. He's, like, 20 years old. <laughs> so he's, like, a baby cute. And um, and then who else did they have on set? Oh, my God. They had Stefano Sitsipas, who was, like, oh, beautiful god of a man. I saw him practicing because we had some courts that were right next to where our offices were. So one morning when the sun was out and he was out there and beautiful. It was mostly just, like, what I got to see, like Nadal practicing and stuff That's like that. So I got cool pictures from that. But yeah, it was cool. That's great. Cool. Like honestly, just like seeing those people in real life for me. That's like the equivalent of just meeting them. You didn't say anything, yeah. but like you saw them in the flesh. I mean, how many people can say that they saw Rafael Nadal and like in person practicing? That's pretty cool. Practicing, yeah, and it it happening in in this year of COVID when. They only allowed a thousand fans in. And so just to be there within the stadium this year, it was like such an exclusive thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, really pretty crazy. Well, now how do I follow that? She's like all exclusive and everything. Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. I really should have gone first. I really should have gone first. So I'm Sam. I was on the first podcast with Katie. Um, at the time, I was in Paris and I was leaving in two weeks. And now I've been back home for just over a year. What am I doing? Um, I'm currently in digital marketing. It's been really cool. It's been interesting. Um, not exactly what I had planned. But then again, it is the year of COVID. I don't think a lot of People are doing exactly what they had planned, but it's great nonetheless. I'm learning a lot. It's really cool. I still really miss Paris every single day, but I'm doing great. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you were doing like an internship with somebody here in digital marketing. So it's actually really cool that even if it wasn't what you had planned, it worked itself into what your reality is now. That's really, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think the experience that I had doing just dabbling, because it wasn't really anything I was doing seriously. It was just like an interest that I just mm-hmm. wanted to explore. And it's really cool that I got to do that when I was there because I think just having that in my resume helped me just grab an opportunity here. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome that it worked out. And you're are you still in Durban then? I am. I'm still in Durban. How is how is the pandemic? Are you in lockdown? Are you in quarantine? You digitally remote? Like what had what happened with that in South Africa? I guess. So what like right now or like overall, like how did we react? So initially I guess and then what's now? So initially we went into hard lockdown with everyone else. So it was like, I think they gave us like two day notice. No, like a day's notice. And they're like, all right, from this date, it's going to be a hard lockdown. No one's allowed to go anywhere. You stay in your house. If you want to leave, you go to go buy any essentials. You go on your own, no group shopping and things like that. Um, if you wanted to commute on the roads, you get to, you had to have um, special permission. Like if you were an essential worker, something like that, then you could be on the road. But if you are not an essential worker and you had no business being on the road, I think you would get, like, fined. And if you did a certain amount of times, you'd get arrested. It's pretty hectic. It was like you couldn't go anywhere. You you couldn't. If you went out your house to try and, like, visit a friend, it was, it was a risk. It was a risk. That was just you living life on the edge. And then we went into stage three and then stage two. No, we're stage two now. We went to stage three. And then I remember (laughs) what hit people the most was the alcohol ban and the cigarette ban. Because those are completely banned. No cigarettes, no alcohol being sold. No, now now it's allowed. Now. But oh, think, okay, but at a time. Yeah, no, now, now it's like... What does that have to do with COVID? It's only, been, it's only been like a month now that they're allowed to smoke. But for like a good like four months, it was like you couldn't buy any cigarettes anywhere or something like that. You could, but it was like people who like put, were able to acquire it um, illegally were like kind of selling it like low-key for crazy prices. 
And then I remember, when was it? I think it was stage three or stage two. The alcohol ban was finally lifted. And I think, yeah, everyone's really happy. Like, woo, alcohol's back. Yay. And then there was like a rise in like, in the cases in ICU due to alcohol abuse. And then one of the president was like, all right, they're banning alcohol again with immediate effects. And everyone was like, oh, we didn't get, so like no one got to stock up or anything. And I was like, alcohol was banned again for like another month. And people were mad. People were so mad. People were like, this is so unfair. This is an infringement of human rights. And it's just alcohol. And yeah, that was, that, was, that was funny to watch. And then, yeah, the cigarettes came back and stuff. People were just really happy just to get cigarettes and alcohol back, to be honest more than get released from lockdown because everyone was breaking rules eventually. They really follow the rules for like the first month. Okay, now I'm rambling. Where am I going with this? So now we're in level something and we're allowed to move around. <laughs> everyone has their cigarettes. Everyone has their alcohol. It's pretty much normal except we wear masks. I mm. really feel like I could have answered that better. I was not prepared. No, no. That was, was, that was good. That was that interesting. Was I mean, because... but thank you. That's crazy to me, an alcohol ban, because everyone back home was talking about drinking so much during lockdown. Like, that was the thing. Yeah, I forgot an alcohol ban? What? In front? (laughs) Also, I'm like, your your government obviously doesn't care about the money that they're going to be making, because that's the priority in America, right? We make so much money on alcohol sales. There would have been a riot. They already stormed the stupid government with, like, uh, guns when we couldn't get our haircuts. Like, I can't imagine what would have happened with... If they couldn't get their keystone light. Their white claw. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, Uh, yeah. What that would have been me if I couldn't get my wine. But it's it's really interesting because I like I actually knew about the alcohol ban because it made international news for being a reason. Yeah, for being a reason why domestic violence was down, and then the second alcohol was introduced, it went up again. Mm -hmm. was, which was really fascinating. Yeah, it was it was was really sober month for all. So. I think domestic violence went down. Um, increase like there was a sharp decrease in drunk driving, so there was less like. <clears throat> there's the whole reason it was reinstated was because there was um, a sharp increase in drunk driving cases in the ICU, and they didn't want to deal with that when they have COVID cases to deal with. So crazy how just like that's interesting. Oh, we had curfews. We still have curfews. We still can't be out after midnight, but it's it's. Yeah, it's midnight now, but before, I think it was like 8.30 or 9 p.m. You had to be home. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the, nothing like that in San Antonio. Like The States is so and, so casual compared the, to that. In the oh. beginning of of everything, like things were shut down, like restaurants, bars. Um, they were shut down, but you could still do um, takeaway for restaurants like it was never like they were completely shut down like you couldn't even like you could still leave your house (laughs) is essentially what your house and like but even in the beginning like when things were closed like shops and things I mean I would go outside to like walk the dog and there would be no cars because people were just like really not going anywhere Mm -hmm. and then it started to be like you could really like if you wanted to go anywhere you wanted like to go hang out with someone like at their house because there wasn't anyone like patrolling the streets or the highways or asking you where you were going. So like really at any point in time, like you could have been violating rules of like no gatherings over 10, like you could have been doing that. And like, I don't know. So I think that's the reason why it was just so bad was there really wasn't ever any like kind of strict policing like that. It's really hard Strictly, I mean, I think New York City was the only one that did something like did that. something crazy. But yeah. also, they could leave. Like Paris was crazy. You couldn't leave your apartment. Yeah, you had to have a, a paper saying why you were out, and then you could only go so far from your apartment. Like that could never happen. In San no, no. I heard about it's that. The nature of the way that the city is. Yeah, I left. Yeah. I couldn't have stayed. <laughs> it's like no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's quite interesting how different countries approached it. It is also really interesting because I know you were in the States, but like I being 
like it was different because I left to go to the Netherlands. And so I was in the Netherlands during it. And then um, like the difference between the Netherlands and, and France was already so extreme. And then like talking to people back in the States, it was never that extreme. So their life like didn't change. And so they didn't understand like what I was going through and like my feelings surrounding COVID and all of that because it didn't happen. And they never actually had to think about it really compared to like what I was going through. And so it ended up being a few arguments with me and family at one point because I was just like, you guys didn't go through what we went through, which was so extreme. You guys literally, life was normal. And like, I've been through the ex- extreme thing here. Yeah. And like, you can't relate. Yeah. I think back home we could make it, you could make it an extreme thing if you wanted, if you to, wanted to. Which yeah. you, if you like actually cared about other people, but you know, that's <laughs> not really like a common American trait. So a lot of people didn't do that. We have a lot of feelings about America right now. Okay, but then we're going to be back. Yeah. So, so, so a year out, like, you do you look back on your time in Paris purely kind of with rose colored glasses, or do you, are you missing it a lot? Which I know, Sam, you said that you are, or is it, are you like recognizing? that it's kind of not as black and white as we think it is. What do you mean? I, that question was a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We were just trying to process everything. So I think that a lot of times after you go, after you like have an experience and then you go a year later, like you either only remember the bad or you only remember the good. Like you just you know you you look at it with just like that was incredible and then slowly as like the minute details like leave and life in your new your home countries are normalized it's just like you only remember like the good and or the bad like it really depends on how good or bad it was I guess but like do you guys find yourselves like purely missing it and and like reflecting on your time here and wishing you were back so, like, how has it changed a year later from when you were leaving? Ooh. Alejandra, do you tell? <laughs> Sam, I feel like I've been talking a lot about how shitty America is. You should answer this question first. <laughs> All right. Um, I honestly really miss Paris for a lot of reasons. And I think it's quite interesting that you mentioned that sometimes we forget the good all the bad and we just keep one or the other. I think for me, I've kind of been doing that. There were times when it was really, really, really hard being in Paris. But like looking back, I'm like, it was so worth it. It was so worth it. And I've been watching a lot of Emily in Paris. I've been binge watching. And I'm like, I miss Paris so much. And I really, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think another thing I've been thinking a lot is, I feel like I would have done Paris differently knowing what I know now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How? Because when you first get there, yeah. you don't really have like a guide on how to get the most out of the city. You know, you think you have an idea of like what you want to do, where you want to go, who you want to meet, what you want to experience. But then only once you get there and you meet people and you discover things and really see what's there. I don't know. For me personally, it just happened like, in my second year and a lot more just before I left. So I really wish I could like get a redo, but with knowing what I know now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To get more out of the city. Cause there's just so much to do there. But when you go there for a certain reason, like a job of any kind, you're just kind of, there's a whole adjustment. So you're just trying not to mess up and you're trying to learn the language, but you're also trying to see the sights. But then once you like get into the groove and get into it, then it's like, wow, there's just so much to do. There's just so much on offer. And yeah, I, I think I think that's that's what I think about is how I wish I could have gotten more out of it. But then I just carry that forward. Like I do want to travel more and I just kinda will be like cognizant of that moving forward if I had to relocate to another country. Otherwise I miss Paris. It's stunning, it's beautiful. I don't know, like, I had a friend who left Paris, and she was so happy. She was like, thank God I'm out of the city. But she was from Austria. 
And mm. she just was so in love with Austria and she could not wait to leave Paris, I'll tell you that. And when she was back home, she was super happy. I mean, I'm happy to be back home, but I still miss Paris. Yeah, I miss, like, the romance of it all. It's a very romantic city. Like, not, like, romance-wise with the person, but, like, you know, like, the lights. Don't you miss that? Like, Alejandro, like, the lights, walking over the bridges, um, just, like, strolling and, like, discovering this, like, cute vintage store or, like, this cute cafe. Things like that, you know? And you can walk past the same street and always see something new. Yeah. Like there's you, I mean, that's happened to me like so many times just this within this past week. I'm like, like I was just telling Katie, like I just noticed this door this morning that I walk past every day, but for the first time I like noticed it and it was like really beautiful. Or I walked past the street yesterday that had this cute little bookshop that I just had never like, looked at I don't I mean yeah I just I love that stuff and I mean yeah I I miss Paris every day when I'm not here too do you guys not find that in I mean I don't know how is Durban a a big city or is it kind of more widespread like how is it different like I know San Antonio is a city (laughs) I don't know what it looks like though so I'm not I like that's the thing is Paris is walkable but I would compare it to like I don't know New York or London where you just like you know it's obviously unique and that it's Paris, but like, do you miss it because it's Paris or do you miss it because that's not an option in where you are now because it's that the, where you live just doesn't even give you that option. Mm, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think, you know, cause we kind of talked about this. Um, the first podcast was like, do we like, what was it? It was a question about like being in Paris do we like or do we like coming back to like a home right Mm -hmm. when Paris was like our home base and we'd go and like visit somewhere else or like want to be here um and I think it's Paris (laughs) I don't know but like because I yeah like I mean I I was in London for like three weeks studying and at the time like it I don't really know what I'm saying, actually, now that I'm opening my mouth. I don't know. At the time, like, you might have loved it, but it didn't call you back, like, the city just... Yeah, like, the same way. And and when I look back on it, I'm like, London is huge and, like, really overwhelming. And New York feels the same way to me. When I look at pictures of New York, I, I haven't been to New York since I was, like, 11. So, completely different experience. But, like, I'm like, that just doesn't really call to me in the same way. And it seems like it's like really like literally concrete jungle, like so harsh and gigantic. And I know that like you go to that city and you're not tackling the whole thing, right. You're still going to like stick to your little area for the most part. I would think Mm -hmm. in New York, it's like that, like how it is in Paris, like every arrondissement has like their own personality and like way that the people do things. So, um, I don't really know if I just answered that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that it's Paris, though, for you guys, because you're right. Like, now that you leave, you can actually reflect on the fact that, like, it wasn't just because it's, I mean, but you're looking back to going home because it's home and it's um, stable now, Alejandra, but it's still not Paris. Like, you're still hoping to move somewhere else or go somewhere else at the same time as looking for like the stability of home. But when you live in Paris and you love Paris, it's like you get both, both of those experiences. Yeah. So like here it's, I mean, yeah, the only reason I'm going back home, like right now that I am excited to go back home is because of Max. And like, that's literally it. So Sam, <laughs> I want to know more about Max, but I feel like this isn't the time, so I'm just kind of. <laughs> but they look, so they look so cute together. I've seen them on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, she's a- yeah. I'm I'm really happy for you. I really am. Thank what do you, you think it would be like if you were in Paris with Max? Well, um, I mean, that's our plan. Our plan is once he's done with school to move over here somewhere. So, um, and like all I, all I could think while I was here this week was like, 
because, you know, like before COVID, <laughs> we had this whole plan of like, he was going to come to France for the summer and study. And I was going to come here to work the French open. And like, we were going to be here at the same time. And like, you know, what that would have been like, like, is just is like weird to think that that was even ever an option. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, it can still be, you know, like in the future, like what it would be like to be here with him. So. I definitely have always seen Alejandro moving to Paris, to be honest, only because of every conversation (laughs) that I've had with her. And if you ever meet up with her and you just see her coming from afar, she's, she's kind of fits into it. Like she looks like just this little like Parisian lady just kind of chilling, doing her thing. And yeah, you you honestly look like you belong. Not in a way that you look like you blend in, but like, I feel like everyone has a city that's for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether that be your own city or somewhere that you've lived once or, I don't know, like a good wine pairing. Let me say that. Wine and cheese. Wine and cheese, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the wine and Paris is the cheese. So it's a, it's a really good pairing. Oh, that makes me so happy. Because it's like I feel it, you know, when I'm here. Feel it as like, some pe- honestly, because I'm people who oh, can't see in the podcast and start crying. Yeah, that's for real. Doesn't it suck when you meet up with someone in Paris and then they just only have trash to talk about Paris? Like, oh my gosh, the people in Paris are so rude. Yeah, everyone knows that. But like, if that's all you can talk about, like, oh, they all speak French. I've literally met up. Oh my gosh. Someone else, but he's complaining that everyone in France speaks French. And I'm like, speaks French. Yeah. It is. Like, I mean, it was like, okay, perfect example. The people I work with who are here in France in a different culture, and it's the only grand slam, um, sorry, tennis language now that I'm throwing in here, which I had no idea about three weeks I ago that I have talked about what about <laughs> grand slams. It's, it's the only grand slam that's in a, a country that's like main language is not English, oh. right? Because oh, the yeah. other three, there's four total. You have um, Wimbledon in the in the UK, and then the US Open, and then um, the Australian Open, right? And then you have French Open. So people are like complaining about like little things, like, oh, you you would love working at this other one. If everyone speaks English, it's great. And I'm like, I like working this one because we will speak French, like, uh, you know. And then they're like, all the all the channels on the TV that they have, and there's only that three that are in English. And I'm, we're in France! Like, yeah. there's the TV's in French. I don't understand. I don't know. But that's not like French people complaining about it. But yeah, French people, especially Parisians, love to complain. They're never satisfied. That's just fact. They can they can argue with me in that all day, but I've seen it everywhere I go. feel like it's, they just, it's their hobby... And they make it like, I know, they kind of make it like an art, you know, like just complaining it's an art for French people. And I love it because like they own it, you know. They do. Yeah. They're like, never, they're like not afraid to like, they want the best. And I do find it annoying when people who are not French and are foreign and are expats or migrants come and don't say anything positive. Like there's exactly. obviously like you're going to have, you're going to have a hard time Yeah. because it's hard yeah. because there's things that will be difficult. And, and like, there are times where I can say something to you that only you'll understand because like you're a foreigner or and, and like, if you're more specific, especially if you're also another American for me, because you know, you come from the same culture, but so there are times when like talking about it and like getting off your chest is good. But if like, that's all you do with your time and you don't recognize that there's good and bad. And if you only recognize the good, I think it's just as toxic as only recognizing the bad. Yeah. And I hate both. I'm like, you can go in between. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I need some gray. Your needs to be gray. Like right, <laughs> that's the problem with like a lot of the cliches of Paris is that people only recognize the good. 
and that's not the reality and that sets people up for failure and that and it's not as easy as you want it to be Mm. and it's because people only talk about the good sometimes and so I think I think it's like just as toxic as the negative parts of it true that's true but I think um essentially yes is going to be good and there's also going to be bad I think that goes that's with any country really but then um embrace the good you know like enjoy it you know there's 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 so much so you asked me a question about Durban and I I agree with Alejandra that it was because I couldn't do what I I can't do what I do here I can't do here what I can do in Paris but also um yeah it's Durban it's different it's beautiful the weather's great the nature's great the people are friendly it's home my mom's here my sister's here but like you know like she said like um we have a safety issue so as a female you can't just be walking around all times of the day um like you do in france so there's, yeah. there's, 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 there's a certain independence there's a certain liberation that was taken away when i came here i think which is probably a large part of what i'm i miss paris but also the other side of it is is Paris. There's a magic to it if you really love it and enjoy it and embrace it, which is why I was saying that as much as they will be bad, like constantly being in a smoking zone, um, not being able to just enjoy the beautiful blue skies because you have to watch out for dog poop on the floor. And my first drive. And, you know, um. You guys missed the worst metro strike. Literally. Oh, (laughs) yeah, we did. As much as you have all of that, you still have some really great stuff, like the lights and the vibe and the love that Parisian people have for enjoying life, you know, just that, like, Mm. probably drinking by the Seine, you know, just with their friends every evening. Because they take enjoying life very seriously over there. So, which is, is yeah, is, 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 is a cultural thing for them, which is quite nice. The yaw. So this, this, wow, this is rough. You missed a pretty big I'm like strike. starting to get sad. Huh? You missed a pretty big strike. Oh my god! Yeah, you missed the worst strike what? in like, like how long was that? I don't know histories in year. Like, like. It was terrible. No like you couldn't get anything. Oh, an entire month. It ruined people's holidays. Like I couldn't get out of Paris. People like I had an au pair friend who lived outside of Paris, couldn't get into Paris. No, like it's truly it it what sucked about what sucks about this like the last five years for Paris. Yeah. Like I have friends who are like I know somebody who's a restaurant owner and he's just like since the Paris attacks in twenty fifteen, tourism went down. Then the strikes, the restaurants were hit, like, really hard, like, really hard. And then Corona. And it's just, like, at least in Paris, restaurants have been hit after hit and hit. And it's just, like, the strikes were more than a month. And they were honestly, like, I walked. It was crazy. Like, I – usually it's, like, a week, maybe. No, it was terrible. It was the worst thing. The, like, metro strike as part of the Parisian culture. Yeah. No, Striking is part of Parisian culture. Because I feel like the first, my yeah. first month in Paris, there was a metro strike. Yeah. And I thought I was like, oh, something happened. This is serious. Which it was, but then like every other month there was a strike. And I was like, well. No, it's it striking. Okay. It's yeah. striking in general is a thing. It's huge. It's protected. Legally, it's protected in France. Yeah. So it's like. I it's, it's part of the history. You know? Which is like, fine. La Revolution. Like it's part of the. Yeah, it's part of their DNA, which I, I can totally get behind. I mean, like who said it? I think one of one yeah. of it was Alejandra. I think he said it when she said French people know what they want. Yeah, I respect that. That's true. That's but also, true. it's yeah. crazy that the strike was a month long. So sorry to go through that. Oh, it was, it was truly. Uh, I hate it. Were you that. also there? No, I was just like watching about it on. <laughs> Yeah. On. We get it. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I should have just kept talking. Um, on social media, like one of my friends who like lives in the second and works in the seventh would like 
running to work every day. Like she was like a thing where she was like, okay, I'm going to have to just start doing that because there's how else am I going to get to work? There are reports (laughs) on people who like had to like get up two hours early to walk to work like kilometers away, kilometers and then go back home and do it again. It it was really a terrible experience and I hated it. My friend was walking to work as well. I think it was like a one hour walk. And he'd walk through it. Yeah. And he was and he was corporate, so he had like, you know, the suit and tie and his like you know, and it was like strikes, Metro Strikes, the great equalizer. But not even because it's not an equalizer because the people who can afford a Paris apartment didn't really get like got impacted oh, obviously, but yeah, true. Oh damn it. A lot of people yeah, are out of Paris actually and come in to work. Mm-hmm. And they had to wow. Yeah. You know, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah so it was yeah, it was not a good it's not just not yeah. a good look. Um, <laughs> but how how's, how's your French, Katie? And Alejandro, don't you miss don't you miss speaking French? I miss speaking French so much. Yeah, I do. Um it was so nice. I was actually really nervous about coming back and like what my French would be like because it's been a while since I've spoken it. But uh it was easier to to jump back and do it than I originally thought. Um so, but yeah, I I do miss speaking it. It's like a special part of me that I love. So, it's nice to do it again, but I need to be better about like working on it when I'm not here. Mm. You know? Especially cuz you'll be coming, you'll be going back. Yeah, it's a skill that like I definitely want to keep working at and like improving. So I just bought like a French poetry book. Ooh, I'm excited. Nice. Back so. nice. as well. Some, some more romance. Mm-hmm. You, Katie. No, we're skipping past me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting on that subject. That was so fun. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean. It's for another time. It's been hard. Seriously? I've, it's been hard because I couldn't study it during the summer. Yeah. And that last summer, because of surgery. And so I did what I could. And then I couldn't. And then I started trying to take classes again. And then the strikes, like, it ended a month and a half early because of the strikes. Like, you couldn't get to. I couldn't go halfway across Paris. Um, so that messed it up. And then I was. I was going to take it this summer again, like try to do it intensively and just like figure it out as I went and then Corona. Yeah. And I, and then I like wasn't in the country for five months. So I had other things on my mind, Yeah, (laughs) which is terrible as an excuse, but um, I say part of it is not my fault. Part of it is, and I've been okay with living it (laughs) with it like that. (laughs) Uh, Gotcha. So that's yeah, it's 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 yeah. as long as you you learn the essentials. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, like enough to get by. Yeah, as long as you learn enough to get by, to have to carry a few conversations, understand a few jokes. One thing I get asked a lot about is French swear words. Actually, I was watching The Matrix the other night. Um, again, rewatching The Matrix actually, and the guy was saying he just loves French swear words. And he went on to just like say a long list of French swear words. And at the end of it, he was like, it's like wiping your butt with a silk handkerchief. <laughs> what? Also, isn't it? Like, the, I, like I can't, for me, saying the, F, saying the F word in English is like, oh, so vulgar. But I easily, I'd be like, Piton. and I'd be like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like. Yeah, it's because like no one gets it. If you're speaking with English people, no one gets it. So it's yeah, easier. It comes out of my mouth so much easier. I think, yeah, because no one knows what I'm saying, really. There's, so it's just. There's definitely. Well, it works for you because the point of swearing isn't for someone else, it's for That's you. True. Yeah. Like, unless, it, like there's. It is for them. Yeah. Doing it at someone, but like there's studies that swearing actually like helps you mm. release like stress or whatever. And so like I remember there's one instance where I was with a friend. I was in the states and I was with a friend, and I said, "Ah, oh, fuck!" And she looked at me with so much judgment, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm not in the right." 
the house to do that for. And then the next time I had to say, I was like, ah, oh, but Dawn. And she didn't actually couldn't correct me. She didn't know what I was saying. So I was just like, I ah, got it. <laughs> Gotta use that. Gotta use that. Can Alejandro please just watch Emily in Paris? And can we have a podcast like just about that? I'll like make notes and everything. Because they have like such interesting points. Like I'm still fresh off of Emily in Paris because I'm, I'm still, I just started yesterday. And one scene yeah. where she goes, oh, yesterday. Whoa! What? What? What's wrong? You're already on episode nine. Like, yeah. Thank you, Katie. It's like twenty-five minutes, Alejandra. I do not appreciate your judgments. Okay, so don't judge me. That's only like four hours. Not too bad. Wait, episodes only thirty minutes? It's like twenty-five minutes. Twenty-four. Oh, okay. I was. I thought they were a lot longer. I thought they were like fifty. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I digress. I digress you. my judgment. No, I'm still Thank you. Thank you. We support watching. This is what friendship's about. Um, but <laughs> Emily was like, oh, you know, I'm still trying to learn the language. I'm still trying to get the hang of it. And this, this French man was like, you should get a French boyfriend. And then, yeah, like, you get a French boyfriend because that's the best way to learn the language. And funny enough, that's what everyone in, pa- in France says. And it's true. It's, it's, it's true. true. My cardiologist here told me that. My yeah. cardiologist was like, get a French boyfriend. Yeah, she's just like, who are you? She was your heart and she was like, you need a French boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does make it easier. Just like even because I know people who have like just navigating the beginning, the challenges of navigating it in the beginning by yourself. Like for me, particularly doctors and hospitals and all that stuff, like navigating that alone with my limited level of French at the time still, but more so at the time uh, is so hard that if you had somebody that was French and a boyfriend who <laughs> needed to commit to you at that level. Not like a friend who could commit to you at that level, but like a boyfriend who has to mm. changes the it game. Does. Changes yeah. it it does. I think that that also, and I'm just wondering about it right now, like why is it that learning a new language with someone who you're involved with romantically is more effective than just a friendship? Like what, what is it about? Like I'm thinking like specifically like, mm like linguistically like the brain like this connection that you have with someone and like how that works like learning something like a new language i feel like i actually have an answer to that more so i feel like would have an opinion about it as well because didn't you study like linguistics and stuff as well i didn't i'm just like really interested in it so that's why i was like whoa like i I don't know how I've never thought about that before. Like, why mm. is that method more effective? What are you going to say? Yeah. Well, but do you, if you think about it, like, you're, you guys are my friends. I don't need to know your family. I don't need to know anybody but you. Like, you're my friend. But when it comes to a partner, you're there for their friend. You're going to go to Christmas. You're going to go to Thanksgiving. You're, go, you're a part of their family. And if you don't know the language that they grew up with, that like they communicate on a daily basis with you're missing out on an entire side of family. And so like, I feel this way when I was in the Netherlands with my friend who's, whose family is Dutch. Luckily they all spoke English, but I was there with them. Like we, Oh my God, we had anniversaries together. We had all this stuff with their, their Dutch family. And I was just the English person there. Yeah. And like, if it's just my friend and it's just us two, that's fine. But when it comes to like wanting to be a part of their family and part of of their culture and like as welcome as I am there, knowing their language just like gives me more of an ability to to be a part of it. Mm, That's true. You you had a a thing with the French guy, um, Katie. Did you learn French during that time? No, all oh, that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which one? That ended so well. Um, um, no, be, but the prof. But it was because at that time he um was there to help me. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't there to like, be with like if it had extended into like 
potentially living together if it extended into like me going to his family to visit like it would have been different but at that at the moment where we were interested in each other a lot of it stemmed from the fact that I couldn't even take care mm. of myself I get it I get you I I I have an opinion on that but it's it's slightly different to yours okay from because the scene that happened um in one what of the episodes I see your face every time I mention it. That's why I was like, in one of the episodes. And you're, did you just say, if she said they're moving in Paris? No. I told you, we need to have a whole other episode for this. But she was learning, like, um, she was learning, like, like, parts of the face with this guy. Like, so he would be like, so he's also learning the language as well. So he's like, so she's like, eyes, and he's like, monsieur. And then, and then he, he touches her lips and he's like, tes lèvres. And she's like, my lips. And it gets like very sexy and like very, and they kiss, you know, it's like, so I think another thing is, yes, there's the other part of like the commitment side of you're going to meet the family and the friends. So it's good to know the language and speak it. But there's another side where <clears throat> I think when you're dating someone and you both are learning each other's languages or one's learning the other, it's something for you guys to talk about, you know, something that you guys can mm-hmm. be playful with, you know, be sexy with. It's kind of like a subject that is just like never ending. Because I remember, yeah, it's Because yeah, I remember, like the first date I ever went on with the French guy, he was like, "You need to learn French," and I was like, "I was like, hell yeah, I want to learn French." Now I was enthusiastic. I do. I need to learn French, and I was super, super hyped for it. So I was, I was like, I was super keen, and they're also super keen to teach you. It gives mm-hmm. them something to talk about, and mm-hmm. and honestly, like guys like knowing more than you. Um. Oh, no. Oh. That's so true. <laughs> so I remember, we were like, we were having this debate. Oh the only thing I remember was, like, we were having this debate where I was like, um, what was it? Ah, I forgot. It was, it's a French rule, though. When you're like, no, no. We, I don't know. We, I don't know. I, I just completely left my mind. I need to remember it one day. But basically, it was dinner. When you say dinner. C instead yeah. of no. Yes. Yeah. How does like, it the counter someone. Yeah, exactly. So we're having this like playful debate. Yeah. So he's like, but he was like testing me. So he's like, no. And I'm like, no. And then he's like, no. And then I said, no. And he's like, no, we're supposed to say si. And I'm like, but isn't that Spanish? And then, <laughs> but it was done like in a very like playful, sexy way. So I think it's, I think that's why they say it's, you know, learn the language but make it fun and sexy. I think it's nice and easy to learn a language when you're having fun. I think that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the intimacy of it. Mm-hmm. Do you have any experience in that, Alejandra? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I we have a whole other episode about this, please. Because I feel like this is an episode. <laughs> I'll tune in like 10,000 times. Sorry, tell us. 